Welcome, friends. I'm glad you've chosen this audio version of the guided reflection for today's retreat. Over the course of the next hour or so, I will be guiding you through a version of the same questions that are in the printed reflection packet that was mailed to you. You can feel free to bundle up and go for a walk, or to sit somewhere comfortable with a journal and a warm drink, or any combination of things. My hope, though, is that this tool offers you a creative option for capturing some reflection time that might otherwise be hard to find. So, decide where you're going to start, and let's get going. If you need a minute to bundle up for a walk or to fix a hot drink, just hit pause for as long as you need, and then hit play again when you're ready to go. It's often a good idea to begin a time of reflection with something called a centering exercise. Centering is simply about slowing down enough to focus our mind, heart, and soul on the things that are most deeply real and true. I want to begin today by offering a centering exercise that helps us focus in on what's most deeply true about who we are, about our identity. If you're anything like me, it's all too easy to go through your days drawing your identity from all kinds of things. Your successes, your failures, your social standing, your most recent performance evaluation, your physical appearance. But if you're anything like me, you also know, at least in your head, that your real worth and value come from the bedrock truth that you are a beloved child of God. So let's begin this reflection by centering in on the truth of your identity. Let's begin by acknowledging that you are a beloved child of a good and kind God. This is your deepest, truest identity. This is where your immense value comes from. Not from your work, not from your success, not even from your obedience. However else you may be feeling today, try to begin here. God loves you and that matters. It's one thing to experience this as an idea, as a truth, but it's a very different thing to actually feel it. So let's try this simple exercise. Think of a time when you were delighted by the behavior of a child. Maybe it was their antics, their play, their earnestness, their singing or laughing or joking, their utter joy in the sheer repetition of a word or a simple game, their delight in simply saying, again. Could be your own child, the child of a friend, or some kid you saw at the grocery store. But reflect for a minute on what it was about that child that caught your attention and delighted you. Then just dwell on that for a minute. Let that feeling of delight come back to you. Now, as you hold on to that sensation of delight, imagine for just a minute that this is how God feels about you. And it's not based on your important work or on your most meaningful contribution or your discipline or your focus. It's about who you are. God is delighted in you. So, as we begin today, try to stay in this place of experiencing God's delight in you for just a minute or two, or three, or four.
As you bask in this delight for a few minutes, what do you find yourself grateful for? There has certainly been plenty that's been a challenge over the last nine months, but let's call to mind some of the things that we are grateful for. For example, just list two or three things that come to the top of your mind when you think about the following prompts. What are you grateful for that has happened in your family this year? What are you grateful for that has not happened in your family this year? In other words, what have you been spared? What are you grateful for that has happened in your friend group this year? What are you grateful for that has not happened in your friend group this year? What are you grateful for that has happened in your professional life this year? What are you grateful for that has not happened in your professional life this year? And then finally, let's ask for God's assistance this morning. You don't have to approach this reflection time on your own strength. What do you feel you need from God today? Feel free to linger over this question. You may not even be sure what you need. That's totally fine. You can express exactly that to God. You can simply voice a prayer to God asking for help, for focus or energy, for rest, hope, patience, or whatever else you need. It may help to remember that even this kind of work is not about getting it right or about impressing some demanding deity. It's about being with the God who made you, the God who cares for you, the God who wants to provide for you. So just spend a few moments asking for God's help this morning. This morning's reflection comes from Psalm 27. Let's spend a few minutes listening to this powerful poem. Do your best to allow the imagery to appear in your head as you listen, and feel free to rewind and listen more than once. We've got the gift of unhurried time this morning. Psalm 27. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the defense of my life. Whom shall I dread? When evildoers came upon me to devour my flesh, my adversaries and enemies, they stumbled and fell. 
Though a host encamp against me, my heart will not fear. Though war arise against me, in spite of this, I shall be confident. One thing I have asked from the Lord, that I shall seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to meditate in his temple. For in the day of trouble he will conceal me in his tabernacle. In the secret place of his tent he will hide me. He will lift me up on a rock. And now my head will be lifted up above my enemies around me, and I will offer in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. I will sing, yes, I will sing praises to the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice, and be gracious to me, and answer me. When you said, Seek my face, my heart said to you, Your face, O Lord, I shall seek. You have been my help. Do not abandon me, nor forsake me, O God of my salvation. For my father and my mother have forsaken me, but the Lord will take me up. Teach me your way, O Lord and lead me in a level path because of my foes. Do not deliver me over to the desire of my adversaries, for false witnesses have risen against me, and such as breathe out violence. I would have despaired unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Yes, wait for the Lord. The first section of our hope reflection today is about hope in crisis, specifically coming out of the first few verses of this psalm. Verse 1, the Lord is my light and my salvation, whom shall I fear? The Lord is the defense of my life, whom shall I dread? Remember that when David is talking about God being his light, his perspective comes from a life before electricity, where any light other than the light of the sun was hard to produce and just not very effective. This is perhaps why scripture so often links the coming of dawn with hope. Everything seems different in the light of day. How might gaining God's perspective shine some helpful light on the challenging, stressful situations that you are facing now? Where do you feel you need God's light to shine right now? Spend some time asking God to illuminate that place or that situation. Noticing and remembering the places in our past where God has intervened to bring us rescue, protection, and salvation can help us turn to God with confidence in the midst of our present challenges. This is just what David seems to be doing in verse 2 of Psalm 27. 
when evildoers came upon me to devour my flesh, my adversaries and my enemies, they stumbled and fell. We're going to spend the next few minutes following David's example. I'm going to invite you to think back over the various periods of your life, reflecting on those places where you experienced God's light and rescue in the midst of challenge. Now, let me offer two quick caveats about the kinds of challenges I'm talking about. They may have arisen from choices that you made or that other people made for you, or they may just have surfaced from the circumstances in your environment. That actually doesn't matter for the purpose of this exercise. Secondly, in this exercise, let's focus on the challenging situations in which you experienced God's intervention in some way. We all have challenging situations that feel unresolved or where God didn't seem to intervene in the ways we'd hoped. We're going to leave those aside for now. That's actually a different kind of exercise. So as we proceed, what are the first few things that come easily to mind as you reflect on the following prompts? Think back on your early life. What do you remember from birth to age 10? Where did you live? Who was caring for you? What was day-to-day -day life like? What were the challenges you experienced in that period of life? How did you experience God's intervention? Remember, you may not have been conscious of God's intervention at the time, but we often find evidence of it nonetheless when we reflect back in an exercise like this one. We find places where God was busily at work in our lives before we were even conscious of it. So as you think about these things from birth to age 10, what are the ways that God intervened in your life that easily come to mind? What do you remember from ages 10 to 15? Where were you living? Who was caring for you? What was your schooling situation like? Were there challenges you experienced in that period of life? And how did you experience God's intervention from ages 10 to 15? What about ages 15 to 20? What life transitions happened during that period? What was your schooling like? Where did you live? 
What were the challenges? And how did you experience God's intervention between the ages of 15 and 20? What do you remember from ages 20 to 25? What life transitions happened during that period? What were the challenges? How did you experience God's intervention in your life between the ages of 20 and 25? What about ages 25 to 30? What life transitions happened during that period? Where were you living? Where were you working? What were the challenges? And how did you experience God's intervention between the ages of 25 and 30? What do you remember from ages 30 to 35? What life transitions happened during that period? Where were you living? Where were you working? What were the challenges? And how did you experience God's intervention between the ages of 30 and 35?
Depending on your age, feel free to pause here and continue reflecting on your life in these five-year increments as best you can remember until you reach the present. Now, there's no need to be exhaustive or exhausting about this. We're just looking for the one or two things that come easily to mind from each period. What were the challenges and how did we experience God in the midst of them? And when you're ready to move on, press play again and we'll continue. As you reflect about your life in this way, what strikes you about the list that you made? Do you see any patterns in the way that God has intervened in your past? Did you notice or remember anything in this reflection that made you particularly thankful? Perhaps you could make a short list of those things. And how might this list of the ways that God has intervened in your past shine light on any challenges that you are experiencing in your present right now? What do you find you want to say to God about all of this? Thank you.
Let's move on to reflecting, along with David in Psalm 27, on the hope that comes from God's presence. Listen again to Psalm 27, verses 4 and 5. One thing I have asked from the Lord, that I shall seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to meditate in his temple. For in the day of trouble he will conceal me in his tabernacle. In the secret place of his tent he will hide me. He will lift me up on a rock. Now I'm going to invite you to spend some time reflecting on the periods of your life when you would say you experienced a comforting closeness to God. It could be a particular night back when you were a child, or a period of months or years in a certain phase of life. I find that for most of us, regardless of how we may evaluate our sense of intimacy with God right now, we can all point to times in our lives when we felt a comforting closeness with God. We'll use a similar process as we did in the last exercise, except perhaps we'll move a little bit more quickly. So feel free to pause at any point if you'd like to linger a little longer in any one period or one section. As we proceed, what are the first few things that easily come to mind as you reflect on the following prompts? Don't worry if there's nothing that comes to mind in any particular life phase, that's fine. Just move on to the next phase. Let's start with your early life again. What do you remember from birth to age 10? Did you have people around you who were in relationship with God? Did you experience the reality or closeness of God in any particular ways during those early years? For some of us, these early years were times of uncomplicated closeness with God. For others, they may seem like a bit of a blank. What was your experience from birth to age 10? What do you remember from ages 10 to 15? What, if anything, were you experiencing about the nature and presence of God? Again, the purpose here is not to be critical of ourselves, but simply to look for the places where we experience God's presence in a meaningful way. What were you experiencing from ages 10 to 15?
What about the period of time from ages 15 to 20? As you were beginning to navigate the important decisions of these years, did you experience any of the closeness and guidance of God? What were you experiencing from ages 15 to 20? And what about from ages 20 to 25? What was your experience of the presence of God during these highly transitional years? And what about ages 25 to 30? Were there any periods of particular closeness during these years? Did you experience God's comfort, God's guidance, assurance? What did you experience between the ages of 25 and 30? What about ages 30 to 35? How were those years for you? Did you experience the closeness of God in any particular way? What were you experiencing between the ages of 30 and 35?
Again, depending on your age, continue this exercise in five-year increments until you arrive at the present. And again, no need to labor over any section for too long. We're simply looking for the periods of closeness with God that come easily to mind. Okay, that was a lot of reflection. And this kind of careful thought can actually be a little bit tiring. So take a deep breath or two and just relax for a minute. What do you notice about the two lists that you just made? Is there anything that sticks out to you as you think back on the things that surfaced during this reflection? Did you find any overlaps between the challenging situations and the times that you felt close to God? What are they? What do you think about that?
finally, let's spend our last few minutes reflecting with David on the connection between hope and waiting. Listen to the last two verses of Psalm 27 one more time. Psalm 27, 13 and 14. I would have despaired unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Yes, wait for the Lord. David reminds us that during difficult times, during times of crisis, despair is held off by hope. Remember our definition of hope? Hope is our sustaining conviction of the good that lies before us because of who God is. In light of the challenges you listed in your reflection, what might it look like for you to wait for the Lord right now? How is hope involved in that? What is the difference between a kind of waiting that is a determination to merely wait something out and a waiting that is infused with hope? And of course, we should acknowledge that all of this reflection is happening in real time during the season of Advent. Advent, more than any other season in the church calendar, is all about hope-filled waiting. On the one hand, what we acknowledge during Advent is that Jesus has come. That God has, in an unprecedented way, come into our world and our lives as Emmanuel, God with us. And so, therefore, we get to experience these extraordinary times in our lives where God actually shows up in times of trouble and is our light and our salvation. And therefore, we have tremendous hope. But on the other hand, we acknowledge that we are still waiting, still waiting for that final hour when Jesus will come again and all things will be made right. And so we acknowledge that we will be living in the tension of hope-filled waiting until that final day when we will hear a loud voice saying, See, the home of God is among mortals. He will dwell with them, and they will be his peoples, and God himself 
will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Mourning and crying and pain will be no more. For the first things have passed away. Revelation 21, 3 and 4. For David, it was a history of God showing up in some of his past experiences of crisis that fueled his hope that God would yet act in David's present and in his future. Perhaps this is why David closes out Psalm 27 with such a strong exhortation that so beautifully marries the concepts of hope and waiting. Psalm 27 verse 14, wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Yes, wait for the Lord. As you reflect on all of this, what do you find that you want to say to God? What might it look like to refocus and reaffirm your hope in this season of Advent? What rhythms might you engage in during this Advent season to remind yourself of the important connection between hope and waiting? As we close out our time, just spend a few minutes talking with God about what you would like to hold on to from this time of reflection and prayer.
Thanks so much for joining me for this audio reflection time. The next thing on the schedule is a 1 p.m. lunch with your small group. If you haven't ordered your lunch yet, perhaps you should go and do that now. Then at 1 p.m., meet your small group on the link provided by your small group facilitator, and you can share lunch together as you talk about your reflection time and how you've been experiencing God on today's retreat. Then we'll all meet back together at 2.10 p.m. on the main retreat Zoom link. See you soon. Thank you.